Hi, this is Bennett Tomlin with your Scientific Nutrition Update, the show where in 5 to 10 minutes you get my quick thoughts on something new or interesting in the world of health, nutrition, or fitness. For today's episode, we're going to talk about the magical fruit. That's right, beans. Now the reason we're discussing beans today is that a brand new study just came out. And using this study, we'll better understand some of the problems with nutritional science and why it's so hard to analyze it objectively. So a brand new study published on legumes, which are beans. I found it scrolling through Twitter when Dr. Matthew Delby tweeted about it and discussed the results. I was immediately interested because it draws some really interesting conclusions. So in this study, they basically took the data set from a different study that was looking at the Mediterranean diet for heart disease, and they took this big data set and tried to analyze it to see the effects of beans. In the original study, people already at high risk of heart disease were recruited. Some were placed on the Mediterranean diet, some weren't, and their outcomes were compared in order to see if the Mediterranean diet helped prevent heart disease. Are you struggling to see how that original study is connected to beans? Because... I was, but it, the more I read, the better this got. So, in order to do their analysis, they took this big pile of data, over 7,000 patients, and decided they were going to divide it into three smaller piles based on how many legumes, beans, were consumed daily. Now, this is where it gets really good. There is less than a one ounce per day difference between the smallest group of bean eaters and the biggest group of bean eaters. That's not a very big difference. Makes me think most of these people were eating about the same number of beans, which means any analysis we do is gonna be difficult. So, now once they had all these people in their little piles, they went wild and ran every single statistical test known to man on it. After that, you may be curious what results were found. And first, I'm gonna drop the big one. There was no link between legume consumption and all causes mortality. Makes no difference. However, this is where it gets really interesting. They concluded if you move up less than the one ounce of beans a day from the lowest group to the highest group, your risk of dying of a heart attack, of heart disease, goes up by almost 50%. This was shocking to me, so I decided to keep reading. Well, we lucked out because it turns out your risk of getting cancer goes down by almost 50%. This is fantastic news. No one wants cancer. So I looked at the data even more closely and got a little bit more angry. So if you move from the lowest group to the highest group, you drop your risk by almost 50%. But if you move from the lowest group to the middle group, you increase it by almost 20%. Now it doesn't actually increase by 20% because the confidence intervals overlap, but we'll explain that in a second. My point is there wasn't even a clear trend for the change in cancer. So now you may be wondering, how are you supposed to interpret this data? Are beans good? Are they bad? Protective? Dangerous? And I'm going to give you my simple answer to this. Beans are good for you. They're high in fiber, high in protein, high in antioxidants, and inexpensive. They're an incredibly useful staple ingredient for eating and cooking with. Your follow-up question likely has to be about how I interpret the study, or why do I seem to be getting progressively angrier the more I talk about it. 
that one is going to need me to give a little bit of explanation about what good science is and what some of these terms I'm going to use mean. First things first, we need to discuss the data set they used. Picking one like this, where it was originally assembled for a very specific intervention, is problematic because it becomes difficult to stratify out our desired values, which in this case is bean consumption. If we were instead curious about the Mediterranean diet and just wanted to see how its association with different diseases might affect it, this data set could be a reasonable choice, but I cannot figure out how they connect it to beans. Now we need to discuss the um, three tiles or piles they divided into. There is less than a one ounce per day difference between the largest and smallest groups. Almost no food group I can think of will have any significant effect on any health marker with a one ounce per day difference. It's absurd to me that that's how they divided this data up. Now we need to briefly discuss how we determine if a result is significant in science. I'm going to keep this as brief as I can, but we use a statistical tool called a p-value. Now all a p-value is is a probability that says the likelihood your result was due to chance. Now that's not exactly true, but that definition works for our purposes here. <clears throat> so we commonly say that anything with a p-value of less than 0.05 is significant. So less than a 5% chance it's due to random fluctuations or chance. The issue with this is something called p-hacking, which has become endemic in nutritional science. Nutritional scientists are often under intense pressure to punish positive results, meaning <coughs> excuse me, times they found there to be a significant result between a certain foodstuff and certain diseases. And it's become increasingly easy to p-hack with this access to large data sets and increasingly sophisticated computer-aided statistical analysis tools. Now, this becomes problematic because it has become easy for scientists to run a huge number of statistical analyses against a large data set, and eventually some correlation will pop up with a p-value less than 0.05. Now, reading this study, I'm almost sure this is what was done here. They took this large data set from the Predimed study and decided to run a whole bunch of statistical tests on it until something that popped up that could be studied. In this case, a relationship between legumes and lower cancer risk and a higher cardiovascular risk to big diseases with a lot of grant money behind them. So now they p-hacked their data, found an association, and will now be better able to apply for grants that will allow them to better study the link between legumes and cancer and cardiovascular disease, despite the quite large likelihood that there is no association. Remember a p-value? is just a probability. So 0.05 still means 1 out of 20 chance it is due to chance. And if you cut your data into enough slices, you'll eventually find one of them that crosses under that 1 out of 20 likelihood. The other reason reading this that I immediately knew this study was dangerous was the size of the effect. It is unheard of to hear of less than a 1 ounce increase in consumption of a common and safe foodstuff to cause a 50% increase in cardiovascular disease or 50% decrease in cancer. I knew just intuitively that there was no way one ounce of beans per day was having that large of an effect on humans. It didn't make fundamental biological or biochemical sense. Now, the other reason this kind of study really pisses me off is because of the headlines. I have a sinking feeling in my gut that before I get a chance to publish this podcast, someone will have posted a headline saying beans cause heart attacks. And for the vast majority of people, 
They won't have the training to analyze the study and to understand the statistical tools being here. And so they'll start to believe it. But then they'll go over to the other news site they read and read, Beans prevent cancer. And again, these studies are hard to analyze. It requires a knowledge of both biology and statistics that just most people don't have and can't be expected to have. That's why people go to school like I do for biochemistry and study all this time. Now, they read these two conflicting headlines. Beans cause heart attacks and beans prevent cancer. And they start to get this feeling that all nutritional claims are BS or that all nutritional science is BS. And this is dangerous for the state of nutritional science specifically, but it also sows, sows a distrust of science more generally. And that is why I am so strongly opposed to the practice of p-hacking and why certain data analytics applications make me incredibly nervous. Now, if you want to find this study, it's in clinical nutrition and it's called Legume Consumption and Risk of All-Cause Cardiovascular and Cancer Mortality in the Predimed Study. It's paywalled, so you'll have to get it through an institution or something, but it's, it's an interesting read to understand some of these bad practices. Now, if you happen to know any great articles on the science of legumes or anything else you think I might find interesting, email them to me at scineutrine at gmail.com. If you have any other questions, send me a voice message on Anchor, and I'll try to answer them on this podcast. If you want to learn more about intermittent fasting, consider checking out my book, The Optimized Guide to Intermittent Fasting. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps more than you know. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, live long, live healthy, but most of all, live happy. Oh, thank you.